Digital. Student-centered. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Barbie Panther, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. I'm joined today by Madeline Schultz, who, with her colleague Damien Callahan from the School of Life and Environmental Science, has led the transition of teaching of chemistry online. How are you today, Madeline? Not too bad. Thanks for having me. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a chemist, trained as a research chemist, um, but I've moved into chemistry education research. So that's an area where I've been active for over a decade now. I've only been at Deakin for a couple of years, but I've been lucky to have established some great collaborations in research and obviously very happy to be involved in teaching. Now, I know you've got a really big background in pedagogy, Madeline. I've seen you at conferences over the years and lots of publications in chemistry education, but I believe you haven't done a lot of online teaching before this. That's correct. I'm probably one of the great sceptics in this area, and I've always had the firm belief that it's better to teach face-to-face. I think for chemistry, there's some real challenges with online because it's such a practical science and students do spend a lot of time in the lab. So in March, when we had to quickly move to online delivery, you know, what were your first thoughts about teaching chemistry from home to students at home? Well, there's a few aspects. Um, The practical aspect, actually, in first year is not that great. So our large incoming cohort of first year students only does three three three-hour practicals during the trimester. So obviously they were going to miss that. But that wasn't our greatest concern. We were initially concerned just about the delivery of the content because we do have a lot of student interaction in the lecture theatres and in the face-to-face tutorials. So that was four face-to-face contact hours these students were going to be immediately missing each week. And how did you respond to that? Where did you go looking for inspiration or how did your team work together to come up with a solution? Well, in a sense, uh, we had what they say in German, Glück im Unglück, uh, luck in the unlucky situation. So at my campus at Warren Ponds, the largest lecture theatre only holds 270 students. And for the past few years, we've had enrolments of over 400 in this unit. So already in 2019, I had to accommodate students who couldn't physically fit in the classroom. And fortunately, Deakin at that time was just rolling into a new technology that allowed live streaming of lectures. So we were actually already implemented that in 2019, that students could attend face-to-face, but they were also able to log in and view the lecture live. And of course, the lecture recordings have always been available. Now to make the live stream more interactive, we have a live chat function so that the students can log in, watch me live, and also ask questions. And we had a um, sessional staff member who monitored the live chat during the lecture, because obviously I'm at the front of the room, I still have 250 students in the room with me. And that sessional staff member was able to answer questions on the chat, but also she sat in the lecture theater. And if there was a chemistry question, she would raise her hand asked me the question, I repeated it for the microphone, and then I answered it for the whole group. So this was an interactive teaching methodology we'd already established in 2019. And so, in fact, for the lectures to move completely online was virtually seamless. I was already doing the live stream. I already had the sessional staff member monitoring the live chat, um, and we were able to obtain permission for me to continue to attend on campus, and he came as well. So it was the two of us in a large lecture theatre but he was still monitoring the chat. Students were still able to ask questions of me live during the lecture. The other interactive technology that I've long used in my teaching is in-class polling. So the values of in-class classroom response systems have been 
demonstrated through the plethora of well-supported studies. So this is definitely the state of the art of chemistry teaching. You need to interact with the students by asking them small concept questions during the teaching and they have the opportunity to respond. They can talk to each other about their thinking, have another go if you want to do it. So this is a peer instruction sort of methodology. And the peer response system or the in-class polling system I was using at Beacon, again, very fortunate that the technology was already there, was developed in-house by a member of our faculty, Jason Wells. So this is an in-class response system that he has built that lives within the Deacon system. The students log in with their username and password. And I already had built all of my in-class polling questions in 2019. And I was able to roll them absolutely seamlessly because it's a web interface into an um, online teaching situation in 2020. So the same questions were used. And in fact, we examined the data and we saw that the proportion of students responding was no different in 2020 compared to 2019. And what about tutorials? Because I know in chemistry, um, particularly first year, there's, there's quite a lot of um, maths sort of based problems for students to solve. How did you deal with that? So with the tutorials, we were already offering one or two a week through Blackboard Collaborate because we're aware that we do have students for whom attending on campus is difficult. So I've already been offering in 2019 an evening, so it's a 5 or 6 p.m. session and one daytime session through Blackboard Collaborate. So we were just forced to move all of them onto the Blackboard Collaborate platform. Um, and it turns out that this, of all of the different transitions to online, our data shows that the impact of attending tutorials online was definitely much lower than the impact of attending face-to-face. -face. So one of the great things with all of the data we have is that we can monitor which students attended which lectures, which students watched live streams of which lectures, which students responded to which in-class poll, which students attended which tutorials. In the face-to-face -face situation, we take the role and in the online situation, of course, Blackboard Collaborate does it for you. And so we've been able to put all of this data together and do a very detailed analysis or correlative study of which of these learning activities actually impact student success in the unit. And what we found is that the in-class polls, so although there are no marks associated with attempting the poll questions, of the approximately 80 to 90 questions asked during the trimester, each attempt on a question is associated with 0.4 increase in final mark of the student out of 100. And that was consistent across 2019 and 2020. We found that each lecture attended, uh, whether online or face-to-face, -face, oh no, sorry, I speak wrong. We do not take the role in face-to-face -face lectures. So we have no data of the impact of a face-to-face -face lecture, but we know the impact of a attending online in the live session, and we can compare that with the impact of watching the recordings and both are associated with increased chance of success. But the slightly negative result for the online teaching is that the face-to-face -face tutorials, for each tutorial attended over the trimester, an increase in the final mark of the student is 2.8 marks. So there are no marks for the tutorial and yet each tutorial attended increases their overall mark by 2.8. When these were moved to online tutorials, that increase dropped to only 1.7. So almost a halving of the impact of tutorial attendance. And I think further research is obviously warranted, but I think it's, um, it makes sense because in the online tutorial environment, it's easy to switch off, it's easy to be distracted. You have other things on your computer at the same time. In the face-to-face -tutor face -face tutorial situation, I'm actively walking around the room, engaging with every student quietly. In the online tutorial, it's a single group and only students who are bold enough to ask a question are having a response.
what's really exciting about what you've been doing is that you're evaluating it really rigorously as you go along. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're evaluating your teaching online? I can try. So here in full disclosure, I have to say I'm not a statistician and I've been absolutely fortunate at Deakin to enter into a collaboration with a, actually she's a PhD student in ecology, but her great skill is in data analysis. So her name is Anna Miltiados and she knows all of the appropriate statistical tests and she essentially has cleaned up our data and um, been able to look for these correlations. So for example, student success, so final score out of 100 and being able to then correlate that through the appropriate statistical tests and again I am the last person to ask what they're called um, with uh, participation in learning activities which includes in-class polling, lecture attendance, tutorial attendance and she's been able to correlate it also with um, participation in assessment tasks. So I haven't talked much about the assessment tasks in this unit, but it already actually had 30% of the assessment entirely online before the transition to online. And so we were again very fortunate that we had data from previous years and in exactly the same assessment task, we could look at student engagement and student success in those identical tasks where the learning activities had moved online, but the tasks had not changed because they were already online. So what about PRAC, Madeline? Um, I know you don't do a lot of it in first year because of your really large student numbers, but quite challenging for our current situation. Can you give us an idea about how you've conquered that problem? Well, I wouldn't say we've conquered it, but we certainly took a non-traditional approach. So the um, closure of campus and cessation of on-campus teaching occurred actually after about 200 of our students had already attended their first face-to-face -face practical experience. So we have approximately a thousand students and about one-fifth of them had already come onto campus at Burwood and done a face-to-face practice. So we had 800 students that needed a replacement for that but we were definitely concerned that this be a fair substitute. So what we managed to do in the few days before no staff at all were allowed online was to make short video recordings of the five small tasks that are part of that very first practical experience. And then we made those videos available to the students and they were given the identical worksheets to those that are filled out in the face-to-face -face experience. And these were marked in the same way. And this was quite interesting for us. So the adoption of videos to replace practice has been absolutely by far and away the most common response to moving teaching online, uh, both in Australia and internationally. And I have seen very little evaluation and we did again deep detailed data analysis and what we found is even though the videos clearly showed the tasks um, and you might have thought that it's a little bit easier to sit at home watch a video and fill out a worksheet, in fact the student scores were much lower. So on average 0.9 out of 10 marks lower, so almost a whole mark lower out of 10 or 10 percent compared to the students who attend face to face. Now again, more research is required to see what's going on here, but we think that what's missing in the face-to-face -face environment is that easy access to the sessional staff member, we call them a lab demonstrator, who explains things and helps them with the worksheets. We did offer drop-in sessions with demonstrators, um, which were reasonably well attended, but clearly they were not, the students did not get as much support through that process as they do in the face-to-face -face environment. 
So for the remaining two practicals, we have a total of three practicals, we decided to move offline completely. So both Damien and I have school aged children. So during this whole period, we were also um, existing through school at home and seeing our children being educated through a screen. And we both very strongly felt that our students needed to have a hands-on experience. And there is a little bit of literature about involving other senses um, and the importance of the physical activity, using your hands, thinking, designing, moving, planning, and of course the opportunity for things to go wrong. So one of the things that often happens in a lab environment is you knock something over, you spill something, you drop something. If you're watching an activity on the screen, that doesn't happen. So Damien and I sat down, brainstormed, and spent a lot of time and worked together again with a team of sessional staff. And we've put together two kitchen chemistry experiences which are practical activities that are directly related to the content that we're teaching in the lectures for this unit, where the students did simple tasks at home in their kitchen, and then they filled out worksheets. And how did the students find that experience? Well, unfortunately, we didn't get a huge amount of feedback, although we did ask for feedback, and we actually opened an anonymous discussion forum on the unit site where students were able to post anonymously. Um, we got of a thousand students, I think only 16 responses there. So you can't even, this is less than 2%. Mm. Um, the students were understanding that it was impossible to come into the laboratory and a few of them were very positive. They said it was a lot of fun and they really enjoyed it. But there were also some criticisms. Some students felt like this was inherently less scientific and they thought that watching a video made in a real laboratory was a better learning experience because they thought it would better prepare them. Now, we don't necessarily agree, but that was the student's perception. But again, some students were very happy to get away from their screen and have the opportunity to do something with their hands. And from the vast majority of them, of course, we heard nothing. So I can't tell you. It's very interesting, isn't it? Um, I, I'm just, I'm absolutely fascinated with, um, you know, how the students are going with this and how understanding they're being. Oh, the students have been very very positive overall and yes very understanding and very forgiving i do wonder how long that's going to last so the the other sort of key area for chemistry which has been traditionally assessed by an end of semester exam um how did you change your assessment practices oh yes so this was another major major project in fact every aspect of this unit was a major project i think when you have a thousand students anything you do is a major project so i was particularly concerned that the students should not all be given the same exam because I'm very aware of potential for collusion and or cheating. Um, so what Damien and I did was we split the 10 weeks of content uh, half. So each of us for five weeks of content, we each wrote multiple versions. So between three and seven versions of a question around that week's content as a question pool. And then each student was given a random selection, one question out of each pool. So the exams differed. Um, in addition to that, the, we decided that it was still critically important for them to actually draw and write with their hands and not just select responses. And so we set this up as an assignment folder where the students had to handwrite their answers, take a photo and upload these for marking. So this was worked reasonably well, I would say, for a thousand students. So obviously there's always a few files that you can't open, a little bit of a few students who were unable to upload, but by and large, the vast majority of them did this seamlessly. 
Thanks so much, Madeline. It's been really fantastic to hear today about how you've been so thoughtful about the way that you've moved chemistry online and the way that you've evaluated what you've done. If you're interested, you can have a look in the Journal of Chemical Education where Madeline and her colleagues have published some of the results from their evaluation. Thanks for having me. It's been fantastic having you. Thank you so much.